Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we're talking about a fun one. This is like a real old school crowd pleaser of a movie. It's James Mangold's Ford v. Ferrari, starring Matt Damon and Christian Bale, uh, about the Le Mans 66 race in which Ford took on Ferrari. And uh, I am not a sports guy. I'm not a car guy. uh, But... I love this movie, and we had a great time talking about it with new co-host to the show, Sean Fallon. He's a filmmaker here in Las Vegas, and I was really glad to have him on. So before we get to that conversation, I do want to remind you to make sure you are subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice. You can follow us on social media at PiecingPod, join the Facebook group Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, and you can also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We, of course, always ask for those five stars. We'd love it if you did it. But, you know, as long as you're out there listening, we're happy. So, uh, without any further ado, let's get into this conversation. Today's episode is sponsored by the Golden Tiki. Recently named one of the top tiki bars in the United States by the Food Network, and also one of the top 10 best nightlife destinations in Las Vegas by USA Today. They've got great rum, mixed drinks, and of course the Dole Whip. They've got theme nights, DJs, all kinds of fun stuff, including Alan Bud's Oasis, who are two robotic parrots that put on a great show every hour on the hour. So next time you're in Las Vegas, make sure to check out the Golden Tiki on Spring Mountain. All right, so we're talking about a fun one today. We're talking about Ford v. Ferrari, and with me, we got a new co-host with us. We got Sean Fallon. How's it going, Sean? Hi, David. Thanks for having me. Hey, absolutely. Uh, well, you know, before we get into this thing, you're 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 a newbie to the show. Why don't you uh, tell people a little about yourself? Yes, I'm a filmmaker. I live in Las Vegas. Uh, my wife and I write, direct, and edit together. Uh, we've made a feature and a couple of shorts, and uh, you can... Find our stuff online at don'tpanicfilms.net. I know I'm plugging a little early, but wow, it just felt good. natural. Plug away. It, just we could, felt, it felt really natural. If we can squeeze one during the main <laughs> conversation, why not, right? <laughs> let's let's do it. Let's get them in there. But yeah, I watched uh, I watched the one short, uh, the one with Lily Rabe, yeah. which was really cool. Thank um, you. Yeah, it's got some puzzle pieces in there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I could see that. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really glad to have you here. And uh, and by the way, a little behind the scenes, we met at Wax Tracks Record. You were 
buying some sound tracks. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. kind of cool, huh? When in Vegas, you got to go to Wax Tracks. There you go. Let's get more plugs into this episode. <laughs> and uh, and I have a Ford Escape, which I think the 2020 is on the mar- All right, let's move on. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Ford v. Ferrari. Was this a movie you were big, like, excited about? I was, yeah. I'm, I, I really like James Mangold. I think mm. he makes great movies. I love that his movies, you know, he... He works with so many different genres, so mm-hmm. you never kind of, you know, it's a James Mangold movie. It's what you expect is a well-crafted movie, but not necessarily, you know, it's not like he just makes gangster movies or he just makes action movies. Like, he's kind of all over the map. Sure. And so I really like his movies, and then, you know, I enjoy racing movies, so I was hitting all the boxes. Right on. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, coming off Logan is the last project, yeah. which I mean, I mean, come on, that was so damn good. And I mean, really, he's been kind of just, doing so many great things over the years uh but yeah i was looking forward to it a lot too of course um you know christian bale and and uh, matt damon i mean they both from you know immediately from the trailer they looked like they were in like top form in this yeah, and it was a fun trailer like yeah. the trailer just looked like you have to see it and i don't know in like kind of the everything going on with hollywood and with movies that it was an original movie that's made for adults it felt like mm-hmm. oh we have a moral obligation to see this movie absolutely the <laughs> yeah we, we all we all talk about how we want something more than superhero movies and yeah we, we got it you got to go see that you know um well right on we will talk about a whole bunch as we're going through some puzzle pieces why don't we go with your uh first one all right my first one is the right stuff all right uh, philip kaufman's 1983 classic about the mercury program and uh it reminds me of ford versus ferrari because it's you know it's an arms race it's you know uh america versus the russians and in ford versus ferrari it's it's in the title it's ford versus ferrari like sure you know they've got to compete and it's it's uh you know, Christian Bale's character really reminded me of the way they presented him was a Chuck Yeager type, you know, Chuck Yeager, this, who Sam Shepard plays in The Right Stuff. And sure. Like, you know, Christian, I thought it was really interesting, like, he's this British guy, but for some reason he wears a cowboy hat, and yeah. <laughs> you know, just like Chuck Yeager does. And uh, even in the way it, like, the, you know, I don't we're going into spoilers a little early, but like, the last scene Christian Bale's in is shot exactly like the last scene Chuck Yeager's in, in the right stuff. It's right. wild to see, like, kind of the golden light in the desert, the smoke rising in the distance, mm. you know. And just the way, you know, the right stuff spends a lot of time looking for clean-cut guys with the right stuff. And so much of the main uh, drama in Ford v. Ferrari is that Christian Bale's not a Ford man. Sure. And that's also why Chuck Yeager isn't brought into the NASA program. He doesn't want to be. He calls it spam in a can, has no interest. <laughs> He's a pilot. But... You know, all the other guys like, you know, Dennis Quaid, Ed Harris, Scott Glenn, they are all clean cut, upstanding young men like the other drivers uh, Christian Bale has to compete against. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, no, it, it's cool. It, it, it definitely, uh, it, 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 it's, it's a good uh, formula to mine for some good, some comedy, some good drama mm-hmm. to, to have this mixed crew of like people who don't necessarily want to work together yeah. and they kind of have to they're being put into this situation yeah absolutely yeah no but uh, it's a lot of fun to be had in something like that and uh christian bale specifically just having such a ball with this oh he's great i mean yeah, yeah he's just eating the screen alive like at every moment like he's holding himself weird he's making great faces and you know, holding talk- himself weird is a very good <laughs> way to put it yeah <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I love him in this movie. I think he's so good. And, you know, there was a time, you know, when every role that he would pop up in, it was like, oh my God, he's so damn good. And then he just kind of stopped doing as much, you know, he would only yeah. pop up every so often nowadays. And so when he pops up in something and it is, uh, reminiscent of that kind of stuff, it's just exciting. Well, he commits so much to every role. So it's like, you know, he makes Batman, then he makes the machinist. You yeah. Know? And, you know, he does just such damage to his body, even with this, like... You know, he had just made Veep, and I, I know he wore padding, but he did bulk up for Veep, yeah. and now with this, he's back to being real thin. Like, yeah, he, yeah. You know, the tremendous damage he does to himself for our enjoyment. Oh, man, he is uh, he's a wild one, that guy. Um, I'm going to go with my first puzzle piece, and this one is not a movie. I just wanted to get this out of the way <laughs> first. Uh, it's kind of a funny one, uh, but um, it is the band Greta Van Fleet. Which oh, the they, song in the trailer, the right? song was in the trailer. And the reason I thought it aside from it being in the trailer, um, it's just kind of this uh, this band that is just so unabashedly this thing that isn't very cool anymore. It's not in style anymore. It's it's the <laughs> the underdog, like Oscar baity kind of like blockbuster type of movie. And it's just not really done very much anymore. Every every movie that, you know, is being positioned as like the big awards thing, it's usually like a smaller movie or it's, uh, you know, some like, you know, very unique or, or something that, you know, either hasn't been done before or has and it's being done in a new way. Uh, this is just going all out for that, like that classic, classic kind of Oscar thing, you know, and in a very crowd pleasing way, mm-hmm. which is just so out of style right now, you know? And I think that uh, Greta Van Fleet is doing that just straight hard rock thing in that same kind of way. You know, it's just the people who love it are just like, yeah, fuck it, I love it, you know? <laughs> it's like Kiss, like, they're yeah. just great. It's like, fuck it, like, I love it. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, like, because that song in the trailer was like, oh, what? I looked up the song afterwards, like, what is this song? I was actually kind of disappointed that the song wasn't in the movie, even though it wouldn't right. work time period, who cares? Like, pretty yeah. pretty good rock influence score though. It is like I was surprised. Like with the end credits, you see that like you know because there is like what a guitar riff for most of the score. Yeah. And then at the end, it kind of goes into that it's Polk Salad Annie. Mm-hmm. The El- you know like the song like that Elvis does. I, f- I found that really <laughs> an interesting. I haven't quite figured out why it's Polk Salad Annie, but it totally works. Yeah, I guess if it works, it works. And so <laughs> they just had that idea and just went for it. Yeah, yeah. it's great. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, I just wanted to start off with that. Kind of a weird one. That's a curveball. Uh, I didn't yeah. see that coming. That there was not. Uh, I, that's not on my list. That's not on my seconds either. Though. Uh, okay. All right. Good. Good. <laughs> well, uh, what do you have for your next? All right. One? Next, I have Armageddon, which similar to the right stuff, but in this one, you know, uh, you know, the world's going to war. There's an asteroid coming, and in Ford v Ferrari, you know, Henry Ford says Ford is going to war, sure. and so what do they need to go to war? They turn to Texas. <laughs> Same as Armageddon, where they get these Texas oil drillers. Matt Damon plays the Texan Carol Shelby, and he brings his crew in who knows better than all these eggheads in suits. Totally. You know, and uh, it just, I thought that was really funny that it, you know, to they had those montages of like, you know, both movies have the montage of NASA guys and the Ford guys wanting to use their computers and their spec sheets all say this is how it's done. And, <laughs> you know, the Texas oil drillers and, you know, Matt Damon and his crew are like, we just need a ball of yarn. Somebody yeah. get a ball of yarn and scotch tape. And like just those down home good old boys know better than the eggheads. Absolutely. I I had that on my list as well. All right. Yep, absolutely. And yeah, I mean, totally. And if I remember correctly, it's been forever since I, I've seen Armageddon, but they they want 
some of the guys out of the team as yeah. well. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. Some of them, they're no good. Yeah. You can't have them. Like, can't who have are them these like guys? That. Yeah, no, that, that's not going to work for us. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, and, and also just, you know, kind of speaking to my last puzzle piece, I think it kind of ties in. Again, this is just, Armageddon was just a, a, a like, unabashedly crowd-pleasing blockbuster. You know Absolutely. what I mean? And, uh, it, it's, it's just fun. The less you think about it, the better. Exactly. It's like this movie is for people who want to go to the movies and have fun. I mean, it, it's like, uh, it's like, it's like the movie version of Dad Rock, you know? It's like, <laughs> guys just want to rock out, you know? A lot of dad, yeah, this is a very Dad Rock, dad-themed movie, I totally. feel like. That's funny. <laughs> uh, did you ever see in the uh, audio commentary for Armageddon, Ben Affleck asks Michael Bay, he says, instead of NASA hiring oil drillers to become, you know, astronauts, wouldn't it be easier for the oil drillers to teach the astronauts how to drill drill a uh-huh. rock and uh there's silence and then michael bay tells uh ben affleck to shut the f up yeah beautiful yeah beautiful. <laughs> that's why it's michael so bay. don't think about it yeah. just go with it because it feels so right yeah and that's why dads love that stuff yeah because it just and like dads love like you know what in my garage i don't need to know what the eggheads know i can just do it just get me my ball of yarn and some scotch tape and the car's gonna go faster that's right Dads are dads are pretty cool. Um, okay, I'll go with another puzzle piece. I did have Armageddon on my list, but I will go with uh, another Matt Damon movie, The Martian. Oh, which, cool! Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, just a few years back, but um, I mean, it's another kind of celebration of engineering and being mm-hmm. smart. And yeah. uh, was it was that where he says we're gonna science the shit out of this yes. or something? Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's just another uh another movie where Matt Damon and company are well, in that case just Matt Damon, but are there are people <laughs> on Earth trying to help Matt sure, Damon. Sure, yeah. And they're they're gonna figure this out. And it's it's cool to be smart in these movies, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's cool to be able to figure these things out. And to stick to your guns. Yeah, To, yeah. like, you know, believe in what you're doing, know you're right, and, you know, come hell or high water, you're, you're, you're going for it. Yeah. It's funny, it's a very space-themed show so far. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I've, got, I've got more space coming up, yeah. so. <laughs> well, what do you got for your next Next, one? I have a movie I had forgotten even existed until I saw the saw Ford v. Ferrari. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola's Tucker, A Man and His Dream. Okay, I do Which, not know this. It's movie. a good movie. It's it's pretty solid. George Lucas produced it. It's a Lucas film, mm-hmm. uh, and it's uh, Jeff Bridges plays Preston Tucker, who is uh, it's post World War II, and he is designing the car of the future. It's a true story, and so Jeff Bridges is designing the car of the future. He's going to take <laughs> on the big three auto manufacturers in Detroit, and he's adding things to his car like brake pads, fuel lines, uh, seat belts, which just don't exist in cars and everyone thinks is crazy. <laughs> and uh, it just, you know, again, what we're talking about, that kind of can-do spirit, that American spirit, uh, and uh, basically, you know, the big three try to stomp him at every... Just like Ford v. Ferrari, the, you know, Ford tries to, you know, meddle with Matt Damon every step of the way, mm-hmm. and this happens to uh, Jeff Bridges. I was think it's interesting um with this movie because coppola makes it and it really feels like it is a metaphor for coppola and his life and his approach to his work mm-hmm. you know all art is about the artist in some way it, you yeah. know your personality just comes through regardless and in this movie you know preston tucker is a genius but he's gonna spend a lot of money he's gonna go way over budget mm-hmm. he is gonna fight with the studio system 
And, uh, you know, well, I feel like it's a metaphor for making movies. That's what Coppola is doing. He made yeah. it like a metaphor. You know, he's going to fight with the studio. And every movie Coppola makes, it's a studio film. It goes way over budget. It's, you know, has... If it's not a complete disaster, then it's also the greatest thing you've ever seen. It's just a brilliant movie. And what I found interesting, I was, I thought Ford v. Ferrari was a really like interesting movie. It's a, it's a weird movie at times because, you know, you're cheering for the Ford Motor Company to beat Ferrari, right. a <laughs> homegrown, small enterprise that where they they take pride in how they make every piece of their car from hand. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. In another, like, we're cheering for Goliath to beat David. Yeah, Like, sure. this is, like, this is really strange. I was trying to figure out, like, what what are, what's the movie saying? Because, like, that, like, <laughs> can't be what the movie's about. But, like, you know, but then I realized, like, well, Matt Damon's character is almost like James Mangold. Like he's a guy who, unlike Francis Ford Coppola, successfully navigates the studio system. You know, right. Matt Damon successfully works with Ford. He is able to convince them and get them on his side enough to get his car done. He builds, you know, the GT40. Yeah. And it's the fastest car anyone's seen and it wins the race for a couple of years. And it just really reminded me of like how James Mangold has you know, you never hear about struggles on a James Mangold movie. There are no <laughs> right. behind the scenes yeah. drama. He somehow actors love him. He works with a lot of the same crews, a lot of the same actors, you know, for the same studios. And so it just, these two movies, you know, besides just the plot, the filmmakers behind them really kind of reminded me of each other. I like that a lot. Um, I, I'm glad you brought that up. I, I was listening to, I, I was the In Session Film podcast that I was listening to their review of this movie, mm -hmm. and they were talking about that, that whole kind of probably not a hundred percent intended, but certainly readable metaphor yeah. of the studio system. And like, you know, that they're, they're kind of creating a movie here and like, and yeah. marketing is the studio's number one, you know, problem with the whole and situation. Like, as the movie goes on, Ford becomes more and more ridiculous. Yeah. It's almost reminded me of like their notes that what they want the to notes. do with the car and how yeah. they, how they want the race to finish. Like all these things are like absolutely ridiculous. And it all ends on a picture. They yeah. want a, pic a <laughs> they want very a picture. specific so picture. So they can market it. But then like, you know, Henry Ford cares more about where he's going to dinner. Yeah. <laughs> you know, than he cares about the actual race. Like, and the studio executives care more about where they're being seen and going to dinner than they care about the actual movie that's being created. That's really interesting. Uh, you know, and before, before we uh, move on to my next piece, I do think, uh, you know, kind of going back to the whole, like, cheering on Ford, you know, which is so strange. You know, it's, it's, it's pro-American in a way that, the 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 big hero corporation doesn't really give a shit about their this returning soldier that is you know that is like <laughs> no it, it's like it's just there's a lot of uh like admittedly unexplored things mm -hmm. going on here like it's not the intention of the movie but it's there under the surface yeah there's a lot of subtext in the movie that you you know you can because i was thinking like why is james mangold making this movie like because he's not that kind of like he's not a corporate man he's mm -hmm. not a company man you know he wouldn't be one to be like yes the walt disney company should put a24 out of business yeah <laughs> it's not like that doesn't really seem like his style right so i, I just found that really interesting sure well uh i will go with uh one more space themed movie uh and actually now that i think about it the right stuff was a puzzle piece for this one uh it was first man uh the damon chazelle with mm -hmm. with uh, uh ryan gosling 
And uh, it's just another huge American achievement in engineering, science, and, you know, being dramatized. And then, of course, also you have the wife who is, you know, so worried that the uh, the, the main guy is going to end up killing himself from <laughs> being so driven by this whole thing. And uh, I, I would say, though, that I like, uh, was it Kat- Katriana Balfe? I don't, I don't know, know how to say, to say her, her name. name, but I like her better than Claire Foy in, in First Man. I actually haven't seen First Man, but I have read the script. Yeah, so, there you go. <laughs> so I just, that movie came out right around the time uh, my wife and I had a son. And so there's a black hole period where I caught very few things at that time. But yeah, it is, it is funny how these, you know, trope movies, these, these, you know, like about, you know, American ingenuity. And, you know, I guess for really the 20th century, it was represented by space. Mm -hmm. And so it makes sense that we're both focusing so much on these space movies. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, that's wild. And, you know, my next puzzle piece does have the the wife role as well, uh, because that is also quite a trope. Uh, My next piece is Talladega Nights, the ballad of Ricky Bobby. I was considering doing it. It's not on my list, but I thought about it. I I knew one of us had to have it. It just seemed like too great an opportunity to once again talk about Talladega Nights, because that's what everyone should be doing. Absolutely. Um, But I was really struck by, in Ford v. Ferrari, how many times a character said, we need to go fast. Uh I want to go fast. And it was like this, like uh, I remember one point, like kind of probably two thirds way through the movie when it happened again. Someone you talked about going fast. I was like, this is just dialogue from Ricky Bobby. And I think that speaks to how beautifully they were skewering the whole NASCAR world and like the racing. Yeah, world. yeah, I mean, it, it really just, does it's capture what these guys are interested in. And then you know the Amy Adams character uh, in uh, Talladega Nights gives a speech that's very similar to the <laughs> Christian Bale's wife. I'm not going to mangle her name. Yeah, uh, so I won't even try. Um, <laughs> Where, you know, Amy Adams is saying, like, you know, Ricky Bobby is a driver and he needs to drive. And, like, the wife basically says the same thing to Christian Bale, who's like, oh, shucks, I don't know if I'm going to do this anymore. Yeah. You know, and uh, they build up their man. Uh, and then one part about Talladega Nights, too, is, and, and uh, Ford v. Ferrari, which I, not till the end did I realize, like, they were even going for this, but they're both movies about friendship. They both, sure. you know, Cal Naughton Jr. and Ricky Bobby, like the whole movie kind of is about their friendship. Shake and, and bake. Shake and bake. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm I'm hesitant to admit it, but I will. But uh, Talladega Night, like I love movies. I get emotional in movies. But Talladega Nights is one of the few movies I cry every time I watch Talladega I Nights, it. specifically the final Shake and Bake. Oh, when yeah. Cal and Ricky are reunited together and they perform the final Shake and Bake, I just... Every time I see it, tears are in the eyes. And I actually felt horrible about myself until uh, I had recently read an interview with uh, Marianne Cotard where she said the Catalina wine mixer in Step Brothers makes her cry every time she watches it. So it's just something about these stupid guys coming together and being happy that just really... Does it for me and does so it for Mary Guitar. So I'm in good company. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, no, the friendship thing, uh, I that was I, that was an interesting scene at the very end of the movie where Matt Damon's talking to Christian Bale's son and he's saying, your dad, your dad, and he kind of dr- drifts off and the son says, was your friend? And Matt Damon is like, oh yeah, he's my friend. And I was right. like, wait a minute, this was a movie. I thought they were friends the entire time. This is a movie about friendship, but okay, I'll take it. Yeah, it it really is when it comes down to it. Because I mean, when you think about the, what they accomplished, is is really crazy and really awesome. And I mean, a, a historical thing, especially in the world of sports and cars and racing, America. And, uh, and they wouldn't have done it without each other. You yeah, know, they're they really needed each truly other like together. In they this absolutely whole thing. needed each other. Yeah, and and Ricky needed Cal. That's right. <laughs> <laughs>
That is absolutely right. Um, all right, I'm going to go with... Uh, all right, this actually is a perfect follow-up to that puzzle piece. Um, so this one also, it's not a specific movie. Um, <laughs> it's more more of a little bit of a, a, a series of things. It is movie villains in Adam Sandler movies. Okay. Um, yeah, and of course I'm talking about uh, Leo Beebe, played by Josh Lucas, who is just... If there's one negative of this movie i would say i would say that he is the most on the nose villain character imaginable He's... sometimes it's a bit much it's a bit <laughs> comical it it just it seemed like i the adam sandler thing is totally spot on because he feels like you know what is it christopher mcdonald in like happy gilmore uh-huh. or, or bradley whitford and like you, if you yeah. put his exact the performance and the way he holds himself in those movies it would kind of fit right in it's they're just That's these wild. like sniveling rich guys yeah. you know and it's like they, they're they're it, it, it's great and it's it definitely works comedically it's just it kind of takes the tone off a little bit where it's like almost ridiculous i wanted a moment where he you know because he didn't believe in the program he thought it was a waste of money which is something that makes total sense but i thought the movie would have been helped if it just like and this is i thought the movie was fantastic but like i thought it, it would have been helped if it just took a moment to like him being like second place is good enough mm. you know like we're never gonna beat ferrari so like but as long as we do good enough like He's just just to kind of humanize him a little bit, but yeah, he just like he just wants to terrorize, you know, are these two friends? Yeah, (laughs) they're 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 just they're they're not in the in crowd, and so they can't stay. Yeah, it's funny. These two things we've talked about is how the movie's too nice to corporations, but at the same time, is too mean about like too mean to Josh Lucas. (laughs) It's true, absolutely true. Um, all right, well, what do you got for your next piece? And then I got one last one after that. All right. Uh, my l- next one is uh, Howard Hawks' 1939 movie, Only Angels Have Wings. And this is a movie about Cary Grant leads a team of pilots. Mm-hmm. They uh, deliver mail in South America, and it's very dangerous. And it's basically like another team up. There's, you know, the whole crew. There are these guys who do this job that... You know, other people can't explain, you know, don't understand because it's so dangerous, but these guys are compelled to do it. And they, you know, they they have to fly just like Christian Bale has to drive fast. And, uh, you know, it's also about the women in their lives who don't understand, but then are like, no, go ahead. You have to do it. And it's an absolutely amazing movie. But but even more so than the movie itself is is the director behind it, Howard Hawks, who mm-hmm. if I had to compare James Mangold to any other previous director, even though I just compared him to Francis Ford Coppola, but that was about how they were opposites. He reminds me of Howard Hawks because Howard Hawks was a guy who, I mean, he worked in every genre. I mean, you know, he made Westerns, Rio Bravo and Red River. He made, you know, like nearly invented the gangster movie with Scarface. Mm -hmm. He did a musical, you know, uh, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, like Sergeant York is a war movie, Bringing Up Baby and His Girl Friday are comedies. Just like he, he was never pigeonholed in a genre. And James Mangold really feels the same way to me, how he does 310 to Yuma and Logan are Westerns. You know, the Wolverine is like a samurai movie. Sure. Uh, Girl in a Interrupted is, you know, uh, a drama, but also like a women's prison movie. I always forget he did that. Yeah, he's got like such a... Kate Leopold, you know, is a bit of a goofy romantic comedy. You know, Walk the Line is a great biopic that's also a bit of a musical. Like, he just, you know, kind of effortlessly skirts in each genre and just does it well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I, I've never seen that, but I certainly heard of it. And um, yeah, no, I, 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 I like that the idea of of James Mangold just kind of working his way into all these different genres mm-hmm. and doing them so 
well really. yeah <laughs> yeah he i couldn't say like well he does this movie better than this movie like uh over the summer uh my wife was sick and we watched uh while she was recovering we watched uh kate and leopold which mm. i think i had maybe seen like when it came out in like 2000 or 2001 it's not bad i mean mm. for a movie that's about uh hugh jackman in the 1800s falling off an uncompleted brooklyn bridge and falling into 2001 new york yeah it's a good movie. It's sure. like charming. It's a, it like if you have to accept the plot is insane. <laughs> if, if you can get past the fact that the plot is insane, it's like, this is as good as this movie can be. I'm trying to remember if I ever actually saw that. It's one. wild. I, I, I certainly remember it, but uh, yeah, it's funny. Liv, Liv Shriver's in it. You know, Meg Ryan. Uh, it's got a great cast. Viola Davis, mm-hmm. one of her, you know, kind of earliest big roles. Like it, it's got a great cast, and it just it like again. It's ridiculous. If you can accept the plot, like, this is as good as this plot can be. (laughs) Right on. Uh, Well, yeah, so I got one last one. And honestly, I could just, you know, rattle off a list of boxing movies because it it reminded me of the kind of flow of... Yeah, sports movie. uh, Yeah, of any sports movie. And I think especially boxing. I'll just stick with The Fighter because of the Christian Bale uh, connection there. But, um... But really, it's just, it really has that kind of feel. And especially the whole underdog thing. I guess if we are going to use the fighter as the specific piece, you also have, even though it's not a literal family, it's just like they kind of have a little family group that is brought into this giant corporation's world, you know, and uh, into this big, you know, probably a bigger thing than they ever would have been at on their own, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's like following them stick together and get into this whole this whole thing yeah the uh, fighter like never crossed my mind but that's exactly right yeah it really does match that and just you know it's interesting the sports the tropes of a sports movie yeah you know and just <laughs> how much i love those tropes yeah and it just makes a movie fun to watch it sure does yeah i mean uh, i mean i'm not a sports guy no neither but... am i i hate i don't like sports yeah. but i love sports movies <laughs> yeah, there you go <laughs> absolutely uh well do you have any other puzzle pieces i you know Another one I thought of was kind of a uh, the Big Short and Moneyball, both okay. uh, Michael Lewis books that were made into movies about guys mm-hmm. who su- see the system differently, and you know, again, suits are trying to stop them. People don't understand, and they know they're right, and they commit, and they end up being proven right. And like in the Big Short, you even have Christian Bale as a really you know troubled and you know prickly guy who people don't you know like. Sure. And again, people talk, oh Ken, he's a puppy dog, like you know that kind <laughs> of you know the way they talk about him. Like you just have to trust this guy's a genius. Yeah, exactly. It, that's funny. I I totally had thought Moneyball when I was originally making my notes. I forgot to write it down, mm-hmm. but that is absolutely a perfect one in the big short too definitely those uh those absolutely fit on this as uh you could totally see um see that kind of connection there yeah one thing i was confused about in the movie is uh the idea i thought christian bale had to drive the entire race it wasn't till the actual last race that you saw there was a second driver there was a second driver. He would switch out in the last race. Like, during the last race, he took naps. <laughs> he, you'd see him, he'd lean back and he'd sleep, and he'd, he'd switch in and out. And I was like, wait a minute, in the beginning, they talked all about how this is an endurance race, and because it also, I wanted, I was thinking like, oh, is this going to be, you know, there's this great documentary called Hot Hands on a Hard Body. Hmm. That is, it's kind of hard to see, but I think it's on YouTube. And it's about this race, this uh, competition in Texas that a car dealership sponsors every year. And I don't think they do it anymore. But, uh, you know, basically it's hot hands on a hard body like all these people are invited and you have to put your hand on a truck 
And that's the beginning of the competition. And the last person standing gets the truck. Oh, boy. And so it's this, I think Matthew McConaughey produced the documentary. It was made into a Broadway musical that was like closed in a night. <laughs> uh, but it's this like just fascinating documentary of people pushing themselves to the limit. Mm. And, you know, because like, and, and Ford v. Ferrari talked about like pushing people to the, like how this race pushes you to the limit. But then you see Christian Bale's pretty okay with everything. He's, you know, he, right. he's pretty sharp at the, as he's as sharp at the, the end of the race as he is at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. He's, I mean, he's just kind of. That was a question I had and I didn't know if you. Yeah, that's really interesting on. because I, I got to say going into this, like I said, not a sports guy. I'm not a car guy. Oh, not at I, all. Actually, it's kind of funny. I, uh. Somebody uh, posted something about Ford and Ford v. Ferrari, and literally I'd already watched the movie, never put two and two together that I own a Ford. <laughs> never <laughs> thought, like, oh, that's that same thing. No, no brand loyalty. <laughs> no no brand all. loyalty. Right. But uh, yeah, also the race. I always, like, I've heard of the whole Le Mans yeah. thing. I didn't know that they really raced, like, 24 hours. Oh, like, totally. I, I, I thought it was like a day of racing. It's like a metaphor. Yeah, it's a metaphor. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, they race 24 hours, but not in a row. Right, exactly. <laughs> I I don't know. So, yeah, I'm learning now. This is all learning. This has been a big and learning And isn't experience. that the great thing about movies as well? They're also, Absolutely. they're entertaining, but they're also educational. I also never knew we had been to the moon until those movies. I'm Thank you. Okay, why don't we do our finished puzzle and get into any closing thoughts on Ford v. Ferrari, which is called Le Mans 66 Overseas. You know that? That's a great title. Yeah, it's I kind of think that's... Uh, I, like, but again, we don't know Le Mans, Le Mans so yeah. it's like that doesn't mean anything to us, but in hindsight, it's like, oh, that's a really cool title. That is pretty cool. And I think there, there's a Steve McQueen movie he made about really? the race, and but I don't think it's ever been released on DVD or any... Mm. I don't think there's really any way to see it. I know there's a documentary about Steve McQueen making the movie but it's you know interesting that's a, a deep cut puzzle piece that there i don't know go. if anyone can find yeah seriously uh well so the movies we talked about well the things we talked about include the right stuff greta van fleet armageddon the martian tucker the man in his dream first man talladega knights the ballad of ricky bobby adam sandler movie villains <laughs> only angels have wings the fighter the big short and moneyball uh great list a lot of sciencey stuff in here a lot of engineers engineering things and uh a lot of underdogs a lot of underdogs yeah but also it's goliath versus david in this movie so yeah, uh so strange yeah i i think it, it's it's an interesting thing like one last thought uh from me uh is is the idea of learning to play the game which mm -hmm. is like a big theme in this is uh is is christian bale's character learning to you know, that he has to play. I mean, uh, Matt Damon, you know, is kind of quicker to, to take to that. Yeah. And uh, it, it actually kind of expertly does. It. I mean, some of his scenes with uh, with Henry Ford II or whatever, um, he uh, it's some great moments with him and like like how he he's so clearly he knows like, oh, this is just a dance I have to He's do. great at pitching. Yeah. He's great at pitching. And Absolutely. that's, again, what reminded me of James Mangold. Like, he's yeah. just, he must be great <laughs> in a room. He must be great pitching because he gets to make all these movies in the in the studio system. And that uh, Christian Bale realizing uh, that he's alone like i thought that was beautifully done in the movie in the final race when he looks in his mirror and it's just an empty road yeah. in front of him and an empty road behind him i thought that was really lovely absolutely i i had no idea that the race like is that big i had no idea yeah. the roads are that open i didn't know any of this stuff no. this is like <laughs> 
<laughs> this could they could have made all this up. I'd two guys who know nothing about sports, <laughs> know nothing about cars, talking about a racing movie. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, uh, yeah, I think that about does it. Um, what is another movie you saw recently you'd like to recommend? Well, actually, last night, I'm getting ready to see The Irishman. Uh, I'm mm. seeing it tomorrow night. I've booked the babysitter and nice. cleared out a huge, you know, the wife and I have that cleared a out a huge chunk of, chunk of time. And uh, you so, gotta do but a big last... tip on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, last night, we watched uh, Bringing Out the Dead, which I hadn't oh, nice. seen since it uh, came out back in 99. And uh, it was great. Just, I had forgotten how much uh, I loved that movie. It's a great movie, it's classic Scorsese. Uh, and also, like, cause from what I've read about the the Irishman, you know how it's like kind of a, a meditation on getting older and death. Sure. Like, bringing out the dead is absolutely about our relationship to death and our therefore our relationship to life and how you know we can use it to bring ourselves up and bring ourselves down. And and it is a really interesting movie. And uh, a Scorsese, I feel like, uh, is unfairly neglected. Mm, yeah. Well, that actually, it's funny you mentioned that one because. Uh, I have a, everybody knows I have such trouble watching movies at home. It like so rarely happens for me, um, but I have a running list. It's very short, maybe 15, 20 movies right now, but I'm adding to it constantly. But that is on the list of movies I really want to watch. I saw it in theaters opening weekend. Mm -hmm. and October I of 99, then. so yeah. 20 years ago. I, I barely remember it. I remember not loving it but i've always wanted to go back to it and it's yeah. definitely something i'm gonna go it was back one to. i mean it was 20 years ago so it definitely felt like uh uh life experience and yeah. uh, added years helped me watch it i can again. totally imagine i think it would work a lot better for me yeah. nowadays so well right on this was great man um i i'm so glad to have you here uh where can people find your stuff uh you go to uh our website don'tpanicfilms.net and our short film a bad feeling is on youtube and vimeo please check it out if you like puzzle pieces it's definitely you know it has a lot of references to other movies i can give the the quick description it is a uh it's a comedy about a couple who had just suffered a miscarriage uh and they they cosplay and they have their local comic-con coming up and they decide to go w to their comic-con uh and it's just a terrible idea <laughs> so if you like your comedy sad and or your drama's funny this is the movie for you but but uh like david mentioned earlier it stars lily rabe and eric Layden and uh, robert picardo for any star trek voyager fan he plays himself if you don't mind me asking how did you like work with them how did that all come uh the producer uh we we worked with her name is bettina barrow and she actually has a production company with lily oh, okay. and so uh we were working with bettina on something else and had written this short film and uh she thought lily would be great for it and mm -hmm. so gave it to lily and lily really responded and then with robert picardo we just uh you know because the cause Lily and Eric play, you know, they're cosplayers and they dress up as Princess Leia and a Padawan Jedi. Mm. And uh, they, uh, so it's a lot of Star Wars reference. And I mean, a bad feeling, that's a Star Wars t reference. Mm. Um, I'm huge into Star Star Wars. I'm not that into Star Trek, but I wanted to broaden my horizon and uh, expand my palette. So we wanted to include Star Trek and that's why, you know, we have uh, Robert Picardo and this other actress, Rosanna DeSoto, who plays the Klingon senator, the daughter of the Klingon ambassador in Star Trek VI, as well as being in a bunch of things like La Bamba. We wanted to bring Star Trek into the fold because nice. all are welcome. Well, it, it's a great film, and I'm looking forward to checking out more of your stuff. Great. So. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, and thanks for being here. This is great. This was so much fun. Thanks for having me. Hey, Las Vegas. 
There's no time like the present to give the gift of memories you'll treasure forever. Gina Mazzoni Photography is offering not one, not two, not three, but four holiday specials. Whether you're looking for something short and sweet like a mini shoot, savings on a regular full photography session, discounted prints to deck your walls, or gift certificates to give someone else or save for future use, we've got you covered. Check out our holiday specials at www.ginamazzoni.com. Again, that's www.ginamazzoni.com. All right, I hope you enjoyed that conversation about Ford v. Ferrari with our guest co-host Sean Fallon. Uh, you know, something I forgot to bring up during the conversation that I wanted to talk about, I saw this movie in 4DX. Uh, it was only my second time doing that, and this time was actually really awesome. Um, I was going to go see it in IMAX, and then at last minute I ended up canceling my ticket and deciding to try 4DX again, and I am so glad I did. I mean, this is a really good showcase of that whole thing. I mean, it's a gimmick, and it's definitely not the kind of thing I would do on a regular basis or anything like that. But for the right movie, I mean, it's it can be really fun. Uh, for this movie in particular... Uh, the seats were perfectly like timed to go along with the racing and everything. And I mean, it really kind of added to the whole immersion. And then uh, aside from just the seats moving around, uh, you know, there was like for the, like the night races and stuff, there's like cold wind blowing at your face. And then uh, there's also a really cool, like very cinematic uh, race in the rain towards the end of the movie. And rain is just dropping on us on the on the seats. It was actually a lot of fun. It, it it definitely added to the experience. And I would really recommend if you haven't seen the movie yet, of course, we got into spoilers as we always do. But if you haven't seen the movie, you listen to this, you're listening to this right now, uh, go see it in 4DX. And if you like this movie, I would feel perfectly comfortable telling you to go see it again, this time in 4DX, if you really liked it and want to see it again, go see it in 4DX the second time because it's it's worth it. I can't believe I'm recommending 4DX, but uh, I had a lot of fun. What can I say? Uh, so that does it for Ford v. Ferrari. We will be back, of course, with more Piecing It Together next week. Uh, I do want to remind you, as always, to make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice. Uh, you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can also, if you're not an Apple guy, which I'm not, but uh, of course that's where you always have to tell people to rate and review your podcast. But now there is another place. You can go rate and review us on Podchaser, which is a uh, kind of like an IMDb for podcasts. And I have been actually putting a lot of work into getting it all set up with tagging every single person who's ever been on the show and you can connect different podcasts like if uh you know if i had a guest from another podcast on one episode it'll tag back to their podcast that their host was on my show and vice versa and and so it's a really cool site and so you should definitely check out Podchaser and find us on there and rate and review us i'd really appreciate it if you did that uh because like i said i'm just starting to get the site built built up and so uh it would be great to get some reviews on there so Podchaser, go check it out uh of course, we have some bonus content on the Patreon. Join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we've got a crazy conversation going right now about Disney owning movie theaters. I don't even know where to go with that one, but uh, <laughs> you can go join in on, on that conversation or one of the many other conversations we're having in there. Uh, and yeah, and otherwise, just stay tuned for next week. We'll have more Piecing It Together coming up. 
And uh, for now, let's leave you guys with a piece of music. All right, here's a good track. I think that would fit. It's uh, it's a track I made originally for like a racing game, like a video game. Um, and it's called Blur. And I think uh, a racing track would fit for a movie like Ford v Ferrari. That makes sense to me. So let's close it out with this track Blur, which is unreleased as far as uh, albums are concerned. But it is out there on my various music library sites available for licensing and all that stuff. And who knows, maybe one of these days if I ever complete the game music compilation that I was planning on putting out uh, many, many years ago, it never did finish. Uh, maybe, maybe that'll actually happen one of these days. And if it does, Blur will be on it. So uh, this is Blur from my game music compilation that maybe will come out one day. And all points west. <laughs>